0: All right, let's let's see the damage. What was the uh, result of fans or li- not
1: fans listeners? Uh, what do they say about the fedora? So I was reading through this and I saw a bunch of no fedoras and I was really scared. And then the first one says yes fedora. So like the most. Like recent review since that, like the first review since that show, and there's been a bunch more since then. But like the first one said, yes, Fedora. So shout out to Jay Breeze 24.
0: What would they write? Said, I just want to know. I just gotta know what this what this
1: horrible human being wrote. Uh, he said because I never see it anyway, and Anthony's oh child needs a reference point for fashion do's and don'ts from Harrison's <laughs> lack of style. Okay, okay, that was actually that took a turn at the end. <laughs> of hurt my feelings. I. <laughs> I was like about to be like, yeah, that's right. I get to teach Avery like what looks cool because with my Lakers fedora. But no. actually, they were just roasting me. I should—that's—I should have read the whole sentence before reading it. I on feel, better about it, <laughs> I feel better about it now. I'm trap. I feel way better.
0: Welcome to the Lake Show. I'm Anthony Irwin. I'm joined by Harrison Fagan. Who uh, just got roasted. I, I enjoy, Look, I take, I take probably more pleasure in watching you get roasted than, than I should. But I, I feel like that's kind of par for the course for, for people who have to talk to
1: each other as often as you and I do. Yeah, and you know, what honestly makes it hurt about 10% more is I had to read that. Like, it would have been one thing if you were the one reading it. But, like, I was reading it. I was all excited. I got the first half of the sentence where it was like, Anthony's child needs a reference point for fashion do's and don'ts from Harrison. And that was as far as I got before my brain was like, all right, this is going to be good to read on the air. And then I missed the part where it said Harrison's lack of style. And How many shirts that
0: are not, like, swag do you own how many shirts that are not like that aren't what swag like stuff we all get like what oh like free shirts.
1: okay okay i thought you meant like i was like i don't know how how to define which one of my shirts have swag (laughs) Um,
0: no 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 no. uh
1: no i no i have a a decent amount of shirts that weren't free i just wear the free ones a lot more because usually they're like higher quality than i'd buy for myself (laughs) press on press on um today's show we
0: are going to take you through it's been a while i think it's been a couple weeks since we recorded it's been one two of, weeks
1: since you and i recorded yeah
0: yeah so we're just going to take you through the stuff that uh we have kind of accumulated over the last day or so uh the big news actual news of the day was the lakers reportedly uh applying for the disabled player exception uh as a result of demarcus cousins injury that would end the demarcus era The the Marcus Cousins era as a Laker. That would would
1: be it. No, actually, that does not officially end it uh, because it doesn't require them to cut him. Uh, To do so. And he theoretically, if he were like, so basically when you apply for the disabled player exception, the leagues, uh, I think it's called a fitness to play panel, takes a look at like the medicals and uh, they decide whether or not that player is likely to be out for the entire season or past. uh, When is it? When is the exact date? I think it's like June 15th. Mm -hmm. Like they're they're, uh, basically they're extremely unlikely to. Return this season yeah through June 15th and so like if they Make that ruling then that gives the Lakers A disabled player exception which is an Exception that allows them to exceed the cap Or it's a way to sign a guy it does Not free up a roster spot on its own As I previously thought but It doesn't it also doesn't require the Lakers to Cut cousins if they wanted to use it They would still have to cut someone And free up a roster spot but this Does for reasons that we can get into A little later this does potentially allow Them to outbid someone if they use it at the right time on the right guy. Um, But it does not mean that the DeMarcus Cousins era is over. He could even, like, if he just recovered exceptionally well and they didn't cut him, he still theoretically could play for the team this season. Well, what I meant was that,
0: so if that panel, unless that panel is just really bad at their jobs, right? And they say he can't play and then he's able to play.
1: Well also it's an ACL tear. Like those just take yeah. a year. Like I'm just saying I'm just saying theoretically he could play for the team. Like he is not this is, I just want to make it clear that this isn't the same as him being cut. No. No no no. Yeah. That's not what I'm saying either. Okay. I'm saying yeah. I'm saying though that this
0: would like if that panel says he can't play and if they're good at their jobs this would mean that the Lakers aren't going to see him this year. Most in in in, in all likelihood they aren't are probably not going to see him this year beyond this
1: season, I just don't see a reason for the Lakers to re-sign Demarcus Cousins. Yeah, I think his market's gonna be tough next year, like especially depending on the outcome of these like criminal allegations against mm-hmm. him. Um and like with all these injuries building up, like it, it just may be the thing where the league gets the idea this guy's just too big, his body just can't support itself.
0: Yeah. So you combine all that stuff and, and that's what I meant. It, that that if the Lakers are willing to apply for this exception, go through the panel looking at DeMarcus's knee and depending on the results now the panel might come back and say actually no uh based on his ability to come back from the achilles injury uh within a year his ability to come back from the quad injury uh from you know in, in about a month uh that maybe he is able to to he might be able to return this year who knows you, you just never know on those things but yeah
1: i just think with an acl and like the no, normal I agree. table yeah i, I think yeah. we're both on the same page like i i I assumed that the second he was injured, that he would not suit up for the team this season. And then, you know, later there were like, there was some stuff that happened that made it seem like, you know, maybe that was like, he really should. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like not that his injury was for the best, but that he really shouldn't be playing for this team with those kind of allegations against him. But, or um, or
0: anywhere to be honest. But if the, if the allegations are true, he, his, his NBA career should be over. It should be. But we said the same thing about Lance Stevenson last year. Um, what does this mean? So if, if the Lakers – so one thing I want to I wanna clear up was that the Lakers, you know, when the allegations came through and as soon as we find out, you know, and we're still waiting for the results of the, the, the warrant for his arrest. Uh, we're still waiting for all of these investigations to be taken care of. Um, so once we find all that stuff out, though, and if those allegations are actually true, my initial thought was, okay, cut them. That's it. That's over, right? And it was an easy call. And, you know, the thing you and I went back and forth on was how it necess- it, it isn't necessarily an easy call because of the culture surrounding professional athletes, right? And, and, and it's not always cut and dry in the way that we would prefer it to be. In this case, though, this is a literal tool that could help the Lakers down the line and is something that they benefit from beyond just cutting DeMarcus Cousins. I think that needs he, to be pointed out here.
1: Yeah, if they... It would be hard not to feel a little gross if, like, they cut someone other than cousins to take advantage of this. Absolutely. Like, just with all of that stuff and the fact that he's the one that's injured and out for the season, you're just like you're basically taking a stand that like we're gonna stick with this guy versus right. like anything else. And yeah, I don't know. Like, if obviously, those are again, true. yeah, again, all, all these things have to be like proven out and uh, everything like that. But like, generally, the, these allegations, like, the warrants are not re- issued for nothing. That recording. You know again Sounded i'm not bad. going to sit here and convict him it didn't sound great but like yeah th- like for them to not cut him and cut someone else i think would be a pretty bad look for the team yeah i i, I and they agree. can like to clear that up like they, they can uh shout, shout out to eric pink as a bleacher report they can cut cousins and still have this p- exception available for you so it's not contingent on them having cousins on the roster like what if it is granted they can cut him or you know whatever
0: yeah, well, we'll we'll see how these things all come out. But the, what I meant by all this is that, like, it's an because what, unfortunately, what teams look for in these things, in these situations, are explanations for doing something kind of gross, right? You're looking for a PR spin to throw on here and say, no, look, we did this really, really wrong thing, and it's for redemption, and it's for a second chance, and it's for. You know, Tyree Kill is really yeah. good at football, right? Like they, they look for the explanation for the gross behavior, and this at least provides them something close to an explanation, as gross as that explanation might be. And that's all I'm saying here is that from a PR perspective, that's what they would be looking for here. If they're looking for reasons because you know teammates of his want him to remain remain around the team, maybe they want to see what happens at the end of the year is in in terms of their chances of re-signing him. All these things, which are gross. If those allegations are true and that video wasn't great, it's all gross, but it's at least an explanation that the team is going to be able to use there um, as they try to explain how, how no, actually, Jason Kidd needs to be redeemed. Lance Stevenson needed to be redeemed. Now DeMarcus Cousins needs to be redeemed. Uh, that's That that appears to be the, the trend that
1: the Lakers are going in here, if they go, yeah. that, if yeah, they I go think- there. Yeah, I think that we should get into a little bit um, just, like, what this exception kind yeah. of allows them to do as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, financially. And so, like, that, if they get this $1.75 that doesn't sound like a lot. And that's because it's, um, like, it's just around the amount of the veterans minimum. But the difference with this and a veterans minimum contract is that it's not prorated. So, like, if they were trying to sign a guy like like let's say in february that someone is cut like andre godalo that they want or bought out or whatever mm-hmm. and they want to sign them that 1.75 million is not made less because it's halfway through the year the veterans minimum is less because it's halfway through the year and it is prorated so like it starts out the year like you know the guys on the lakers that are on the veterans minimum ranking about 1.6 million so by february that's about half the season it'd probably be like 800 thousand dollars. so that is a little bit of like it would allow the the lakers to potentially outbid someone if they don't have their um exceptions or whatever
0: just right now as you were talking and you,
1: yes because, i saw that and i was trying to not like look at it because i didn't want to like yeah.
0: completely mess up my I, I got yeah. you bud i'm actually gonna read here are you ready all right here we go so shams karania uh, is reporting first he goes sources memphis wants three-time champion andre Iguodala to report to training camp and, and is refusing right now to engage in a buyout which would prevent Iguodala from finishing a Hall of Fame career on his terms because this may be his final season. He quote tweets himself, Andre, or, or, Iguodala is VP of the MBPA, one of the league's most respected and uh, re- desires a contender at this stage. Young rebuilding Grizzlies received a valuable uh, 2024 first from Golden State in the Iguodala trade, and after Dwight Howard's buyout, we're expected to eventually have the same talks with Iguodala. Ah, uh, that sounds a lot like it. Uh, Iguodala's agent is really pissed off at, at Memphis.
1: I saw somebody. Uh, yeah, I saw um. Uh, you know, friend of the show at Carter underscore Shade, Carter Rodriguez, just said, "Rare to see a reporter copy paste a text from an agent." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which um, okay, again, that's not me saying that. You know, I'm not saying that. Yeah, you're just, just reading saying, a tweet. No, I'm just I'm just reading a tweet, and you know, that was certainly a tweet. <laughs> I'm I'm going to come out and say it. I, <laughs>
0: I'll I'll let you. Go ahead. Shams Karania gives his, his account, like his password to his account, to agents to just fire off tweets whenever they want. He just has to read it's over like, them and say, like, like ah, you know, I could pass this off. It's like a tweet deck login thing. Yeah, yeah. He's like, okay, who do you represent? All right, I'll give you my password. And then before you send a, any kind of a tweet, I want to read over it, make sure it's okay, and then we can fire this thing
1: off. Yeah, it's like you know, like the Agents Tribune. <laughs> I'm just to be clear, Shams actually doesn't do that. He and I have never spoken before. I don't no, know. No, he Twitter. definitely doesn't do that, and we're just we're we're just kidding. We're having a little bit of fun on a podcast, <laughs> but really though.
0: It was nice to hear from Andre Iguodala's agent today.
1: Yeah, I mean stuff like that. It's like I, I get why Iguodala wants out of there and yes. like doesn't report to training camp. Totally understand that. At the same time, mm-hmm. I would can understand why Memphis would not want to just pay him. Like, what is he making this year? Like eight million dollars just to not play for them? Mm-hmm. Like for a team like Memphis, that's a real expense. You yeah, know, I guess. Let's see, Andre Iguodala
0: contract. Um, here's here's my response to that. This is just kind of how things go in the NBA. And when you're dealing with a veteran like this, who has, as you can see, an agent who has contacts throughout the NBA coverage sphere, you don't piss off the veteran. You just don't do that. Like, yeah, no, and I that's also, gonna come again, to bite him.
1: I think that it's like they probably should just, like all things being equal. Let him go. I can just understand why they aren't just like backing down and being like, we will give you like if you want to go play somewhere else so bad, then like give us some money back because otherwise like you're under contract. And yeah. I understand that that's kind of that's kind of shitty for Iguodala because he signed a contract to be with the Golden State Warriors, mm-hmm. not the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, But like this is how the NBA works. And like that, that would be unfortunate um, for him to have to end his career on that memphis team but like at the same i i, I kind of get the grizzlies perspective here because otherwise like the thing for them is then like every single time a veteran gets traded there they can just be like well i want out well okay but you let Iguadala out
0: right you know? well here's like here's... at least
1: with dwight howard they could just say that they didn't have like they already had so many big men that they didn't really have a place to play him like they could probably use Iguadala.
0: Sure, they can, but they yeah. aren't trying to win, right? No, they're and not. like, and he- here's here's the thing that you do. Like, here's a, here's what you can do if you want veterans to stick around. Be a good team.
1: Be, yeah. Be a good, be a good NBA team. team or, you know, maybe treat veterans right. I don't know. Right. Like, You know, there's two sides to this whole thing. Yeah. But um, yeah, it just it seems like this is not headed anywhere productive super I'm, quickly unless unless Memphis is just willing to be shamed into buying him out. Like Iggy,
0: Iggy is making seventeen point one eight five. Oh my uh, God! That is
1: so much more than I thought he that's was making. That's a lot of money. That's a okay. lot of money. But again, that's, I mean. that's a this lot, is lot of just, money for a team like Memphis. Like. But but then don't own an NBA team. Like if, yeah. if the, if no, the owner, hey, that's a fair counterpoint. Like don't
0: yeah. this is how business goes in the NBA. And and look, that was that was kind of the understanding when that happened. And all they and all, they, guess, all this, it sounds like Igadala's agent wants to have happen here is to go in to buy out negotiations. That's yeah, all they well, want to so. have happen. Let's have that conversation. And and it sounds like Memphis isn't even willing to have that conversation. It sounds really unprofessional on Memphis's part, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, to just like completely cut it off like that, and just being like, we're gonna like find, you know, did they say, did he say that they're saying they're gonna find him if he doesn't show I up?
0: I didn't see that.
1: Anyway. Um, no, never mind. They didn't say about that. that no. they, they just, you know, they just said that they expect him to report for training camp. But like, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think that that it has the potential to get uh, pretty ugly pretty quickly. I mean, he should make it that ugly that quickly. He's he's an, vice president of the and MPPA? you know hey Memphis did get a first round pick out of that trade like yeah. it wasn't just Iguodala they got something to take on that contract and like you know as as like you know as he's reporting like the expectation at least would seem from Iguodala's side that was that Memphis would eventually talk about buying him out and let's be honest
0: but, if Memphis could could just swing him out to a different NBA team and get more value for him they would
1: yeah but they can't not on that money ah.
0: Uh, I think there's there, there's probably a couple expiring contracts this year because this is we're going into the summer of twenty twenty, so all those like really bad contracts are now yeah, expiring. The
1: team, like yeah, I guess. But like the free agent class isn't that good this summer, like
0: No, no, but but you know, if if a team is like say say you're like a middling contender, you have one of those bad contracts on your books, you have another asset you could throw on top of there, and you can now bring in Andre Godalla and make your team better, then then yeah, you you do that. You just, you Maybe. Just, I'm just not sure I see the team. Yeah. I mean neither do I. I'm doing that yeah. all, all, off the top of my head. But I think a team out there might exist like that. And and look That's it, probably what Memphis
1: was hoping when they made the trade. Hoping but, for. That's yeah. what they're that's it that's one hundred percent what they're hoping for. But, but they also should have known that the fact that yeah. the Golden State had to attach a first round pick meant that like his value around the league was not super high.
0: Yeah. And and you so know? you, you kind of make your bed and now they're kind of throwing a tantrum over having dead money on their books, but but you got the first rounder and and, and quite frankly, uh, given the nature of, of how valuable that con that rookie contract is that you that you get as a result of hitting on that first rounder, that first rounder is worth eighteen million dollars. If you're a team if you're just a team that isn't gonna be very good this year and and you know, is looking for to, to acquire all the assets you possibly can to bolster your rebuild in the way that Memphis is, like, yeah. You, you pay that $18 million, and then if Iguodala wants out, you let Iguodala out. That's how the NBA works nowadays. It's
1: it's kind of, yeah, like it's I said, just I, different because I'm team he, Iggy because on this one. So and mu- I'm biased, it's just though. It's different because it's so much money. Yeah, like most of the time when this kind of stuff happens, it's a guy making like, you know, 10 million or less or like he's on a much smaller deal than this. I I kind of like I'm not again, I'm like I know Lakers fans are going to get mad at me for this. And like, you know, fans of uh, player freedom and empowerment are going to get mad at me for this. But like that's not a small amount of money for a team like Memphis. And I kind of understand like the price of a first round pick is not 18, especially not Golden State's first round pick. If that's what they're getting, I'm not 100 percent sure that's what they got. But um. The, the price of, regardless the price of a first round pick is not 18 million dollars you know it's
0: it's a price though and it's a price they were willing to pay and and that's maybe, what they, maybe paid they for really
1: it. felt like like you know Memphis is the, what about Memphis over the last couple of years has made you think that they're a team with like a tremendous amount of like self-awareness and foresight and all of this stuff like they might have just been like well we could get a first rounder and Andre Iguodala. we're gonna be great next year
0: <laughs> I don't think that's what they're thinking
1: they've they've actually had a pretty nice
0: rebuild to this point I just I don't see why they would you're, you're telling me that they think what would help this pretty nice rebuild that they have right now they have jaron jackson jr uh they just drafted uh ja morant who i think is going to be good too like they have a, a decent little group kind of coming together they 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 drafted young ted cruz which isn't or they they acquired young ted <laughs> cruz which isn't great but but like they, they have they've taken steps in this rebuild that makes sense this is like the what what isn't going to help though is bringing in an angry Andre Iguodala around things like what we just saw what Antonio Brown was willing to do to the Raiders. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. I, I'm
1: like I'm seeing like I, I I saw you know our friend Pete Zayas just offer to make an Antonio style Brown style yes. <laughs> video for Andre Iguodala though so, on Twitter so. You know, like Grizzly. Now, now I've actually flipped course on this. The Grizzlies need to back off. Like they need to. They got Coach Pete and his army involved. Yeah. Like this is not going to end well for them. Like, no. no, that
0: I look again. I'll cop to being biased what's here. What's up,
1: player agency
0: fans? <laughs> no, it's just got to be what's up, Andre Iguodala. <laughs> like, just that's it. To nobody yeah. else. Um, but no, I, I, I look. I'll cop to being biased here. But I think Memphis is being. This is some. This is some police behavior. This is not great. This is not. It's just not a great look. They know how the NBA works here. And if you're if you're gonna thumb your nose at paying seventeen million dollars in dead money for somebody that you got a first rounder for, like don't own an NBA team. Yeah. No. How much are the Grizzlies worth right now? Do you
1: think? To me, it's just that this is how the NBA goes now, regardless of like money. Like this is an abnormal amount of like money. If but the, you know, if the it's Grizzlies not were to be
0: if the Grizzlies were to sell tomorrow, they'd probably get like
1: seven hundred million for them. They're worth seven hundred uh, million, more, honestly. Yeah, probably, probably more. more. What Maybe. NBA teams are getting? Like somebody would think they could go in there and fix that,
0: right? And and yeah. so like that, I just I, almost, never, like, I never I never side owner kind owner things. of things.
1: Like, isn't their owner kind of like low key broke for a rich guy? Um, Again, don't buy an NBA team. (laughs) I'm pretty sure. No, I'm pretty sure I remember reading stuff saying that like he was like not as financially solvent as like he had like led the NBA to believe like when he bought the team or whatever, you know, whatever. Remember,
0: Um, remember he's the owner who like who has a uh, who posted a video of himself dunking.
1: Oh, that's never a good sign unless you're MJ.
0: Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> right unless you have entire
1: <laughs> libraries unless you're of made highlights. The Best basketball player of all time yeah you shouldn't post video of yourself dunking when you're an yeah. owner yeah he's
0: like look at this super tremendous athletes that i personally employ
1: it's like, um, like i am also dude. a fellow athlete <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right let's take a quick second here when we come back we have some other stuff to get to anthony davis says he wants to be a uh the defensive player of the year he also says he wants to push LeBron James to be uh, an all defensive type of defender. Good luck, Anthony, and <laughs> and, uh, and some more around the uh, the Lakers blogosphere as I as I sign on to the Silver Screen and Roll for the first time in a couple days. All right, let's start with whether or not you believe that Anthony Davis uh, can win Defensive Player of the Year.
1: I was thinking about this a lot this morning while I was writing about it. And I actually do think that he could. I'm not sure that he should be considered the favorite just because of the personnel like around him. Like, I feel like a lot of the time the defensive player of the year is like the best defender on the best defense. That's also a good team. Like if you have like a defense and you're kind of really good defense and you're kind of a middling team, maybe you won't get it or whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, I-, I think that. Like So that lack of other, like a ton of plus defenders, because if you look at the Lakers roster, it's like, you know, like Danny Green, um, you know, JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard in certain situations, you know, like who else is are like the plus defenders here? Like Avery Bradley, maybe, mm-hmm. you know. Like and, like, and I'm talking about consistently good defenders. So I'm not talking about, like, don't tell me, like, I'm disrespecting LeBron James. Like, LeBron load manages on that end. And, like, yeah. we'll talk about Anthony Davis saying that he wants to push him, too, in a second. <laughs> but like, I'll believe it when I see it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, like, Contavious Caldwell Pope, yes, he does have defensive pluses to him. But is he consistently a good defender? And, like, he helps you on every possession or most 90% of them? I'm not sure that that's true. And so, like, you just go on down the list, and I'm not sure that they have, like, the defenders to get to help him reach that stratosphere, but at the same time... If he's able to drag this team with, like, you know, a little help from Frank Vogel and whoever else is defensive coordinating the Lakers defense and figure out a way to turn this into, like, a top 15, top 10 defense and the Lakers are, like, a pretty high seed, I think that you could get the narrative going that Anthony Davis turned the Lakers defense around and maybe get, like, a voting swing for him uh, amongst the media. But I'm not sure that, like, he should go into the season as the favorite or anything. Like, how are you feeling about this? Here's my my hang-up with this.
0: In order for him to be the most valuable defender that he wants to be... Oh, he here has, we go. I know where you're going. He has to play the five. I knew it. He has to. Like, you, you can't you can't make the impact that he wants to be able to make as a power forward. Like, how many power forwards, while playing power forward, won defensive player of the year the last few
1: years? Draymond Green does it by playing center. Yeah. Kawhi sure. Leonard was a, was a wing. But how much does Draymond Green play center, really? It's like five minutes a game, right? Uh, barely, but, but he's at least willing to do that on a nightly basis. Well, so like Anthony Davis has said, I will play it if we need to. And like, to me, I'm not taking that as I, I, for right now, being the basketball optimist that I am and pessimist about everything else (laughs) in my life. Yeah. Um, But I'm taking – because he's talked about this a number of times. And, like, what I'm kind of gathering from reading between the lines, and I could be wrong, is that he is okay playing center a little bit. But he's not okay playing center and, like, starting at center or playing center for a ton of minutes. But I think that they can talk him into the five minutes a game that Draymond Green plays at center and then let him help in other ways. Like – and, again, he's not the same player as Draymond Green, so he can't necessarily help in all those same other ways. Mm -hmm. But I I do think that he is a good enough defender. I mean, he – Mostly, like I guess he's played most of his minutes qualified like via Basketball Reference at center for a couple years now. Um, And so the year that he was uh, top three in Defensive Player of the Year voting, I guess ostensibly he played more center. So, like unless unless Alvin Gentry was just tricking him and telling him (laughs) that he was a power forward when he was a center, you know what I mean? (laughs) No, yeah, I I know. Anthony Davis is a little bit more willing to play center than we might. Like, yeah, I think he just doesn't want to call himself a center. Fine maybe I mean, some I kind of weird ocd you know, you know like what? can we can we rename the center position
0: like can we just give it like a badass freaking like let's even make it center of the universe you have point guard call it shooting like guard small forward power forward center of the universe like let's just like do that because power that's forward just, sounds badass like i
1: i, I can't lie that's point guard f- shooting guard small forward power forward badass <laughs> yeah, thank you. That's Everyone it. will be lining up to play the badass <laughs> position. Thank you.
0: Like that. Sure. Whatever it takes to get these guys to stop whining about playing center and actually play the position that helps their team win the best. And look, to the point that the, the reason I said that he has to play center in order to be considered for defensive player of the year is because like that's just the reality of the situation. If he actually does that, if he actually plays center on a nightly basis, albeit five minutes a game, then yeah, he has a great chance at winning Defensive Player of the Year because the the case would be look at look at the team around me, and if we're like a, a top ten defense, and it's on the back of me, you know, just dominating in those five minutes, and then being really really good uh, while I'm playing elsewhere, then yeah, that's a great case to make. But but you know, it's just it's I need to see it before before I'm willing to go.
1: Yeah, I, I would I would bet money on this. So this has been the elephant in the room for me as well, like, with all of this stuff. So, like, Anthony Davis is talking a lot about how, like, he wants to push this team to be, like, the best they can be defensively. He wants to win Defensive Player of the Year. Mm-hmm. He wants to push LeBron to be at his best defensively. He sees this team in the in the finals. Like, and there's all this stuff about, like, what he wants, what he wants, what he wants. And then he keeps saying, I don't want to play center. Like, I think that if you're going to go, like— I would honestly, I would be kind of surprised if LeBron, like if Anthony Davis was kind of getting on his ass for like mm-hmm. not for, you know, half-assing it on defense sometimes, and, and especially when center. his man doesn't have the ball um, yeah. and just kind of going to sleep. Like I, if I were LeBron, I would yell right back, then why don't you play center? Yeah. Like if you're so focused on everyone doing everything to help the team win, play agree. center. You I, know, I'm, I'm,
0: I, I, that's, that's a perfectly valid point. And, and the first time that they yell back and forth at each other,
1: it'll lead Sports Center for a week. Yeah, and then Anthony Davis will request a trade to the Knicks. We just ruined the Lakers. I changed changed my mind. I don't want anyone of my stature on the team. I just want to be on a bad team again, but get attention, unlike in New Orleans, and then only have to do things that I want to do. Yeah, look at how
0: well things have gone for Carmelo Anthony. I want that. God.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We just jinxed the whole season, man. What do you no. think? What do you think of this whole like thing? Because uh, what do you think of this whole thing aside from the center part of it? Like, mm-hmm. wh- what do you think of the whole like I'm gonna push LeBron? How did you take that? Like, I'm gonna push LeBron to be at his best defensively. Because for me, I took that as like like that's actually kind of a big thing to, for him to say, kind of seemingly unprompted. Mm-hmm. You know, like unless the question was like, how do you plan to push LeBron and also the rest of the Lakers? Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I, I th- that seemed sounded fairly like unprompted from the way the quote was. And, like, that is—I wonder, like, is that like Anthony Davis kind of asserting his territory? Was that just an off-the-cuff thing where he's just being really honest and talking about everything that he wants to do? Um, I I don't know. That was was interesting that he just kind of dropped that in there. I think it's where
0: the clutch dynamic helps the Lakers because somebody who isn't a part of clutch and isn't the heir apparent to the clutch, you know, platform— once LeBron retires, it's Anthony Davis who is going to be the driving force of Clutch, and I think that that has a lot to do with the, with with why LeBron is out here saying that he wants uh, AD to be the the focal point of the Lakers' offense, and it's why yes. Anthony Davis feels the comfort to be able to say this about LeBron. I think that has everything to do with this, and that's where the Lakers benefit from you know kind of sidling up and pairing up with with Clutch,
1: and and look, I like it. I. I, I no, really, yeah, I'm going to say it because I'm just saying I, I think you make a good point because, like, I feel like if Kyrie had done this, like, the you know, LeBron also well. would have been a couple of years younger. But Kyrie also would have been in Boston a lot sooner, you know? <laughs> right, like, right. <laughs> <laughs> LeBron shows up. You guys don't know how
0: to win. Kyrie, the first rotation LeBron doesn't make. Oh, yeah, we don't know how to win. And Next then week, like but... <laughs>
1: Woge tweet. Kyrie Irving has been traded to Boston. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: Um, no, I, I, I think I think it's it's a fascinating dynamic. I really like it. And and look, this is we, we talk a lot about you know the way the NBA kind of works nowadays. And we've seen this kind of gradual but still fairly quick turn from it being an owner, executive, uh, coach, semi-driven league to now it's just superstars. Like Frank Vogel that isn't saying this about LeBron. It's Anthony Davis saying this about LeBron it's 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 superstars kind of stepping forth into this and and this is a point that i made on on silver screen and roll though as much as these guys want to be empowered and and grasp their careers uh as if the world is their oyster you got to earn that so like if if anthony, go out there
1: and show why you
0: deserve that power exactly yeah. exactly so like if if we're talking about you know you just made the point a second ago lebron is saying okay and anthony you get to you know, command your your own career here. I am doing whatever I can to make you the focal point and the face of this franchise moving forward. But if Anthony Davis doesn't rise to the occasion and earn that empowerment that he is trying to go out there and grab for himself and LeBron is trying to help make happen for him, then he winds up looking like the doofus, right? And just ask Dwight Howard how that goes for him because Dwight Howard went from MVP candidate, top of the world, he was the 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 center that everybody wanted. He had that great slam dunk contest he was he was this fun affable superstar. He went out there and he tried to go out there and he tried to get as much and and, and grab his uh career by the horns and didn't live up to the expectations that come with a demanding superstar and Now his jumps and bounced around the league now for the seven or six years or so since. And I think that's where we're going to – where we're kind of sitting with Anthony Davis is he's, he's at that step where, all right, I want to – this is my career. I want to step into superstardom. But with that comes expectations. And, and what I'm fascinated by being able to watch is will he be able to carry those expectations?
1: Yeah, I think uh, like that that is going to be the primary storyline of the Lakers season. It's like can both of these guys not just elevate the team but elevate each other to new heights and like it looks like they do have the complementary skill sets to be able to do so. And mm-hmm. if all of that happens and if all this stuff that they want to happen goes right, then this team can contend for a title with anyone.
0: Yep. Yeah, I I completely agree. It's really really interesting. Let's um with the last few minutes here. Did, were there any question?
1: Yes, we have some mailbag questions. So awesome. we will get we as we promised, we will get to those. So uh this one's from 8-bit Jeff. He, he left two quick ones. So uh the Office or Parks and Recreation. Ooh, I think at its peak, The Office
0: was better, but Parks and Recreation was a little bit more fun to watch from start to finish. The problem is like Parks and Rec never lost somebody as great as The Office lost in Steve Carell.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, do, I do feel, read? I feel parts and rec just for the continuous run other than season one actually is really not great. Um, but yeah. like after that, it's, uh, like one of the best comedies ever. And just the office had like several kind of meh seasons after yeah. Steve Carell left. And then like the finale was good, but like the, you know, the lead up to it even was not that great. Right. I mean, just think about like,
0: just we always do this with with NBA teams, right? When a when an MVP is handed out, like what would the Bucks be without Giannis, you know? And what would so what would the Lakers be without LeBron? And what would the Warriors be without Steph? Like The Office literally what would found the office out. Be without
1: Steve Carell. <laughs> you know? The
0: Office literally found out, and it wasn't great. It wasn't very good.
1: Yeah, it would be like what if like uh, you know like what if like Amy Poehler or I'm blanking on his name right now, but like the guy who played Ron Swanson just left in the middle of the show. Like he that would is have been just weird. Ron
0: Swanson. Like that's huh? all I, I. That's all I think of him. I, I don't his even know. his actual name. Yeah, yeah. He's just always Ron Swanson.
1: Um. Second question. South Park or Family Guy? I. I definitely would. I think I would go. I think I enjoyed South Park more. I haven't watched either in a long time. Yeah,
0: I think South Park is like it's. It's like a like an indie punk rock band versus like Imagine Dragons, like. <laughs> South, South Park just had, like, that punch, like, that that haymaker that, that uh, Family Guy couldn't throw.
1: Yeah, I felt like it was always just like—and I was always blown away by how they put it together in a week, and it would be, like, such pointed yeah. criticism— you know, yeah. of like a current issue and stuff. So yeah, yeah I, I'd probably go there. Um, this one isn't really a question, but it made me laugh. So I'm just going to read it to <laughs> okay. you. Uh, it's from Lalo one seven one one, and he just said, "So you, if you remember, Anthony, we let we ended last episode with a guilt trip for reviews, um, and <laughs> listeners came through to their credit. Yeah, they don't hate us. They, they don't hate want us. They, they don't hate not be my daughter. Diapers, um, yeah. you know, all that stuff. So." Uh, this one just says, we don't hate you. I do want to be part of a heist. Can I be the getaway car? Um, and then what he you said, huh? I just need to know what he's driving. Oh, well, you didn't say, but, if uh, <laughs> he's, <clears throat> if he wants to be the getaway driver and he drives a Fiat, I'm, I'm a little nervous. Well, I don't know. Maybe he's a really good driver. Hmm. Uh, And then he said, I was originally bummed when Harrison had announced his departure from lockdown Lakers. Thank you. Um, But was glad to see it was because of the creation of this podcast. I'll try to my best to leave a review once a week if it means keeping new diapers coming. And if it means and if it helps fund Harrison's wedding, I won't be able to sleep at night if Harrison ends up married in an Applebee's. So that just like brought the whole (laughs) podcast. That's perfect full circle with some applebee slander um so th- <laughs> thank you we appreciate you as well um this is an actual basketball question interestingly
0: enough though like the people who are responsible for applebees they literally cannot sleep at night for creating applebees they are not allowed no, not, legally i don't
1: know i think they sleep pretty soundly with poisoning us i think they don't mind <laughs> um and so this this one's from uh doc zeller and he mm-hmm. says is kuzma just here as trade bait to get another backcourt player seems more logical to keep Hart in an ad trade in retrospect he was even able to play point i don't know if i agree about the heart being able to play point part like mm-hmm. at least not for long stretches by, by any means um i don't know what do you think about the idea that kuzma's just bait to get a backcourt player like roster wise that would make more sense i'm just not sure that like i see the trade
0: yeah, the trade gets iffy. The thing I we I cannot hammer home here enough is how big a fan Genie Bus is of Kyle Kuzma. Like she, yeah. like that. They the Lakers treat Kyle Kuzma as if he could be like face of the franchise kind of talent, and I don't see it. But, but like there was it was a conversation there and it's it has a lot to do with how marketable Kyle Kuzma has made himself to be it's just a matter of like living up talent wise basketball talent wise to that marketability and and if if Kuzma ever reaches the hype that that Lakers fans and the Lakers themselves have set for him yeah then then he should have been untouchable
1: yeah, I, I think it's going to be tough sliding to like actually get to those heights, but yeah. I, I do think that he can prove his worth this year. And again, like just to bring things full circle, some of that will come down to AD playing the five a little bit more because that will allow Kuzma to get on the court a little bit more. The, the um,
0: tough, the tough thing too with trading Kuzma is that if you're trading Kuzma, he's and getting like decent value for him, that means he was playing well. And if Kyle Kuzma is playing well, the Lakers aren't going to want to trade him um, if he if they are trying to trade him that means he probably wasn't trading or wasn't playing very well. And if he wasn't playing very well, then it makes it difficult to get decent value for a guy who now is coming off of a somewhat down season compared to expectations and then in this hypothetical would not be playing all that well. So it's kind of tough to be able to move him and and what also makes it tough is that he's like their only trade asset unless you like consider Taylen Horton Tucker a a trade asset which he or we're just
1: going the nuclear option and LeBron and Anthony Davis like those are (laughs) those are trade assets but I don't think that Lakers are going to trade them that's not the Um, scenario anybody wants here yeah, no. Something has gone very wrong if those guys become, you know, in talks for anyone. Yeah. So yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, uh, we have we have one at least one more question here. Yeah. Uh, so this one is from a longtime fan, uh, Raya Lucas, and yeah, I think I pronounced that right. I don't know. Longtime uh, listener, we don't
0: have fans, dude.
1: We aren't nearly. It's, cool it enough says to have longtime fans. fan. That was what it said. So. Okay. But you're right. Listener uh, fan is not the word that I would use. Uh, that's just the subject line. So they they ask. Uh, I always have this question. Who would win a 1v1 matchup to 11 points? You or Anthony with his euro step. I'm assuming you means me. And I, I'm going to honestly seed this one like unless Anthony had the euro step the entire game. Like, like every, then I think I might have a chance. Every shot uh, had to be a Eurostep. Every set, shot had to be a Eurostep, and you had to be as drunk as you were when that video was taken. <laughs> I think I might have a chance. And you had to put weight back on for it. Uh, <laughs> what people? I, I can't believe this hasn't really come out before. But what people
0: have to know about that Eurostep video was that I was drunk enough on our way there to be playing Kelly Clarkson as my pump up music. Remember that? And in Titanic. Your car? And Titanic.
1: Like, yeah. <laughs> remember how like hard we were all laughing there? And like, and also like we had just eaten like the some of the biggest burritos I've ever consumed. Yeah. Um, right before that. I can't believe and I didn't vomit, honestly. I'm pretty sure you had been drinking all day. Yeah. You know, just to let everyone behind the curtain. So that was not a great you know that was not Anthony at his basketball peak. <laughs> his peak was shutting down Ty Lawson in nope, an never age. happened. That never, ever, ever. As he happened. often brags about. <laughs> no, <laughs> absolutely it was just did a not showdown happen. of Southern California's like two top prospects, me and Ty Lawson. And you know, the closest thing that I ever came to like, I'm not even going to use the word
0: shutting down, but like going toe to toe with somebody who is at a pro level. And, and it wasn't close, by the way. It, the game was still, like, I got my ass absolutely kicked. But uh, Bobby Brown, you know, went to um, Cal State Fullerton. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he had a cup of coffee with, with, I think, like Sacramento here and there.
1: Fellow um, member of my 2019
0: uh, communications yeah. graduating class, Bobby Brown. Yeah. So when so he, he apparently must have gone back because Yeah, he, I'm sure he went back. He was, uh, while he was still in the NBA, we were all kind of playing there. And and the cool thing about the rec center is that, like, the the guys from the the team will, like, come in and and mess around and play. And it was one of those days where the guys from the team were coming in and playing. And Bobby Brown saw that and said, like, oh, like, the the competition level is actually going to be decent, right? And I happened to be on the court when he stepped onto the court. And I had a few guys from the team on my team. And then he had, like, a guy or two from his team. um, And we wound up guarding each other. And like all game, you could tell he was just like trying to. He was like trying to not get hurt. You know, like most guys who have played understand. Like you go out there, you play, you, you shoot. He was playing with training wheels on. Yeah, yeah. Like you, you mostly shoot three pointers. You're not really driving to the basket. Um, well, my team took a lead, and we were about to win. We had like I think we were playing to like 15, and we were at like 12 points, and they were at like eight. And he said, "Okay, no, I'm not going to lose." And ripped off seven straight points. It was it was just wild. It, and yeah, that, it's just
1: crazy. Even a guy like that who's like struggled for a cup of coffee in the yeah. NBA, like relatively, like those guys can wipe the floor with anyone. And yeah. like I don't think that there's that much of a misconception that people can beat like any NBA player or no. like even fringe NBA guys anymore. I think like Brian Scalabrini's one-on-one video against random people in a park shut that down. Yeah. Um. But. Yeah, like those guys just have a whole other gear. Like if you just watch them, was, just go to an NBA game wor- early and watch them warm up. They yeah. never miss. It's only when they're contested by other people at their level that they ever miss. Yeah, we were we were playing, and and again, I had guys from the Cal State Fullerton team. Like
0: I was, I was asked to be a walk on, and I never would have played had I walked on. Right, these guys were like there was I think the starting shooting guard was on the team, and the starting small forward was on my team. And uh, Bobby Brown still just absolutely
1: killed him, right? So what Anthony's saying is that he's a really good basketball no, player, I'm not. and like he wants everyone to know that. I and was so at that's one why point he's qualified okay, but I'm... to criticize the Lakers. He's played against NBA adjacent <laughs> players before, so as you know, as a player, he is allowed to like say that Anthony Davis can't play center because Anthony would have been willing to as a walk on <laughs> had he walked on. I think that's what he's saying. No, anyway, I I mean.
0: Let's, let's would, be completely Anthony, clear I'm, here. I'm, I, I opted not to walk on because I didn't want to practice. Like I didn't
1: want to go to like college. Just basketball like Allen Iverson, you know. Like, yeah. fell, like I would two, have been a That's why, all. Why I, would I practice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, uh, like I am secure enough in myself to just admit that Anthony would kick my ass. Like honestly, probably any sport.
0: Well, you, you have like back problems. You're not you're not yeah exactly. 100%.
1: You know, like ba- maybe back in my high school prime, I could have like I could have hung with you. Yeah. The the
0: game that we need to get going at some point is Pete, Darius, and myself in like
1: a game of twenty one. Yeah. That's the game that needs to happen and be televised. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm pretty confident. Like, I'm pretty confident you could take Pete. Oh. <laughs> I need to show to that inner podcast. We view. need to
0: we need to show that clip. We need to show him that clip and just see how he takes it.
1: Yeah, I just I'm just trying to get, I was trying to get you to say something salty so that I could start a feud between the two of you and drive <laughs> you off of locked on Lakers cuz in my continuing coup attempts. See the thing the thing about Pete the thing about Pete is like I do. I have like I think
0: 4 or 5 inches on him, I think. And uh he's a few years older than me. But like he has a fire inside him that is legit like scary. No, and he's he's good at basketball. I've yeah. seen him play. Like he, right. he's pretty good. Right, and so like it, I, I'm I'm not gonna go out there and say anything about who I could or could not beat. I would just like to play against Darius, and I'd like to play against me. Though Darius, I think, got himself into like crazy good shape recently. That that's not ideal.
1: That's he's a, he's he did the off season lost fifteen
0: pounds. He, no, look, he he'll ask him. Just ask him. He's lost okay. a ton of weight. He went out there and like got way into running and stuff. That's not that wouldn't be a fair. That wouldn't be fair. So just me and Pete. Me and Pete going up against, but even that wouldn't be fair because he's like coming off of a
1: near death experience. Well, wow, see, so so you are saying you could beat him. <laughs> I think no, I, that's all. That's all I heard. You know what, Pete? I could beat you one on one. Okay, I there said. we go. That's the clip we isolate and send to the <laughs> LFR podcast. This is how we get East Coast West Coast feud going. <laughs> the, the, um, <laughs> the West Coast West Coast.
0: No, yeah. the, I had they, apparently they had a listener ask them. So Darius and Pete on the Laker Film Room podcast asked one of their listeners asked them if like what would happen if those two played against you and me and like it's just yeah. like that's not fair for me i'd be okay. playing four on i'd be playing three on how one. did it
1: become four
0: i'm not i'm not gonna like set a pick on you you might dude did you <laughs> <laughs>
1: all right that'll do it for this episode okay. of yes, the late like, Show. <laughs> the, the, hey shout out
0: to you guys for sending in your questions though
1: yes thank you and for everyone that rated and hopefully subscribed to get the free copy of 2k i'm sorry if you didn't get the free copy of 2k but if you stay you know tuned to this podcast we will be having other giveaways throughout the year so like subscribe tell your friends uh just yeah just listen to the show we we try to put it out there and do the best Lakers show that we can uh you know five days a week So uh, keep
0: tuning in to all of the five shows across the Silver Screen and Roll uh, podcast channel. Uh, Have a great rest of your day, and we'll talk to you guys next week.